What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian, and this week I'm joined by my co-host, Ozzy. As always, we're going to be talking about the Font versus Aldo card going down this weekend. We got a 15-fight card this weekend. Ozzy, how are we doing this week? Really, really well. Uh, nice uh, one-week hiatus. Had to have uh, one of those in a while, so spent the Thanksgiving uh, down in Florida. Back here for, you, for like you said, that fat uh, UFC card. Bellator uh, the night before. I got a former high school classmate of mine, George Arias, uh, made event in a trailer fight card. So I'm all about the combat sports again, and uh, we're looking to finish uh, December strong and close out a really good uh, year of betting. Yeah, a lot of fights this weekend. Huge UFC card. Bellator has an amazing card, uh, as Ozzy just mentioned. And there are some really good fights on this UFC card. We're really looking forward to the top two fights in the card, of course. And a quick recap from last event. I did lose last week, minus 3.5, 3.45 units, lost every single bet over five. So uh, rough night of bets for me, though. I think you you did well, though, Ozzy. How'd you end up? Yeah, really good night. Um, you know, kind of felt, felt good going into it, came out of it going pretty well as well. Um, only losses were uh, Aori, you know, really close, uh, split decision loss. Uh, Levy, which was, you know, a bet that I liked a lot, which, you know, I, I kind of regret, you know, he, it's very hard to get to grapple fuck a guy when you're not going first. But other than that, Hani Yahya proved uh, my confidence in him really, really well, even though he did get touched up early there. Uh, Pat Sabatini got got him in at uh, Dog Money. Sean Brady, Lupi Godinez, and uh, did really well sweeping uh, the prop side of things for a little more than uh, 3.3 uh, units uh, up, 25% ROI. So we're keeping uh, chugging along and keeping these uh, UFC cards uh, profitable. But we did, unfortunately, because of my Nathan Levy uh, pick, we did lose that parlay that we gave at the end. So mm, we're true, one and true. one. We're one and one on those, but still plus two units. So we'll look to, to get that on the winning side uh, this week. Yeah, it's all your fault on that one. Sure. Um, Should have went with the Philly parlay. Stupid me. Very dumb. For sure, for sure. Your boy Project Pat came through. And, um, you know, those fights were so long ago, I barely even remember them. You have a better memory of them than, than I do because you actually won some money on those fights. But let's get into these fights this week. We got 15 fights, and we got to get through all of these. And we'll try to get you out of here in under an hour and a half. And we'll give you some good information throughout that. So we're starting things off. Bantamweight division. We have Luis Smolka as the favorite. Minus 152 on bet online right now. Vince Morales plus 132 on the comeback. Uh, I'm kind of surprised by this line. I, I think that Vince Morales is a pretty good underdog at this price. Uh, Luis Smolka, former flyweight. Um, doing okay in the bantamweight division, but the guys he's fighting, I don't think are the highest level. I thought that uh, rewatching that fight against Quinones, I thought that he struggled a good amount in that fight. I did not remember Quinones piecing Smoka up on the feet like that. Even was able to take uh, Smoka down a few times. So even though he won that fight, pretty concerning performance from Smoka there. And I thought that Vince Morales uh, fought well in his fight against Draco Rodriguez. I think Ozzy and I both picked him and bet him in that fight. And I think this guy is just an underrated fighter in the betting lines. I think he's pretty much always the underdog. And I think he's going to be a good underdog in this spot because I give him the striking advantage. I think he's going to be landing the better strikes. Uh, Smoko is very susceptible to leg kicks against Quinones. So if Morales comes in with that heavy leg kick game plan, I think he could have really good success. And Morales' takedown defense is pretty good as well. He hasn't really been out grappled in his UFC career. Um, 
and hasn't fought, you know, the most grapplers, but still the guy is a pretty good defensive grappler and uh, smoke is not even wrestling that heavily nowadays. It seems like he's kind of gotten more comfortable with his striking. So I'm not sure where this confidence in smoker comes at all. I kind of align this as a pickup, maybe even Morales is a slight favorite. So I'll definitely be on Morales at this underdog price. I uh, haven't bet him yet, but uh, you might as well wait because the line just keeps moving in the right direction. So what are we thinking on this opening matchup, Ozzy? Yeah, so uh, Smoka has a, a lot more, a lot, a significant amount more uh, UFC and kind of just overall MMA experience than uh, Vince Morales does. But when you look at uh, these two guys, and especially when you look at the the betting line here, um, Smoka, like you said, did get touched up a, a good amount by uh, Quinones in that fight. Was able to to establish a few takedowns there, but Quinones, I feel, kind of fell apart a little bit there at the end. Um, I don't know if it was the activity that waned on him early on, but it, he's just like a very frenetic guy um doesn't really can't really control the pace of the fight all that much but when he was putting the offense out you know i, I did think that smoker was pretty susceptible to all the offense that he was putting out um a lot of the punches that smoker was coming back at him with were uh were a bit wide i think it was like looping shots and i think that vince morales uh for what he has is pretty tight uh boxing uh, and I think that he is uh, actually a, a, a better grappler than a lot of people give him credit for. I don't think he's a stud wrestler or, 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 or a stud uh, jujitsu guy, but he's pretty composed overall. Even when he is, uh, you know, losing fights, I don't think that he wilts uh, all that bad, even when he was under the crazy attack to his uh tibia amphibia by uh chris gutierrez he was still staying in there for the most <laughs> part um and you know he's gone to uh, a few pretty close decisions you know went to the decision with song yadong uh was winning a, a fight against domingo parlarde uh before he fell apart and i think you know i think we mentioned the benito lopez fight was uh was probably a robbery um so if you're gonna give me 30 cents 32 cents here of value um, on the the Morales side, I think I, I will take that. But like you said, the, the line is trending in his direction. I do think that he has a tighter boxing than Smoka. I do think that he'll be able to control the pace of the fight a little bit better than Quinones did. And uh, Smoka's takedown defense is pretty uh, poor. Uh, he gives up underhooks uh, quite quite a lot. He'll get uh, taken down often, but he is good at scrambling and you know keeping it moving. Uh, you know once it does hit the ground. So I think it'll be a close fight. I'd be surprised probably if either of these guys finished each other. Even though that line for Smoka finish is you know almost two to one, close to it, which is a little bit surprising to me. So maybe look at the over here instead of laying that juice on Smoka if you do like him because I don't I don't really think he's gonna get uh, Vince Morales out of there. Uh, but I do do like Morales here i think it at worst case scenario it is a somewhat of a close fight i don't think smoker has really the attributes or the technique uh to really blow him out of the water so i'll take i'll probably take a stab at him at plus 132 and 130 uh and then potentially look at the ghost distance or the over here Nice and agreement there. We're going to move on to the heavyweight division. It's a fight I think you've done some research in. And we got Azamat Mertzikhanov, minus 205, making his UFC debut. Jared Vandera, plus 175. Mertzikhanov going up to heavyweight on short notice. Vandera coming into the fight on short notice. So what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so uh, Mertzikhanov... Um, it's actually a nice, e mostly easy uh, Russian name to say. He, uh, you know, that contender series fight was pretty impressive to me. He showed uh, a lot of quickness there, very accurate, both right hand and left overhand. It's, I think, obviously, the, the elephant in the room is how much of an elephant a Vandera is in comparison <laughs> to uh, Mirzakhanov. Um, you have a guy who 
Dana White himself after he signed him or, you know, in that interview portion of the Contender Series fight was uh, suggesting a move down to middleweight. And then you have now him taking on a full-fledged uh, heavyweight in Vandera. But Vandera, you know, the, the the issue with him is I think people are giving a lot of stock to the fight that he had with uh, Tafa where he was able, you know, he got that gash, and but he was able to, to stay mostly at, pretty active against Tafa and tire him out. But Tafa is a four and three heavyweight. Uh, his only claim to fame is I don't even know what his claim to fame is. Like, why is he in the UFC? He's like a like the he looks like Mark Hunt, the poorest man's version of Mark Hunt. So you know, and Vandera has like four times the amount of fights as he does. So it's it was actually very funny that he was a uh, plus one eighty or whatever he was there in that fight. Um, but here against uh. Merzikhanov, I think the, the main issue is uh, Merzikhanov has shown that he did uh, slow down a, uh, a few times in some of these uh, heavyweight fights that he did have uh, previously and that he didn't get uh, some guys out of there very quickly. But I think early on, he should be able to mix in his wrestling if needed. But the thing is, uh, Vandera has no defensive striking at all. Uh, he's going to be there to be hit. And Merzikhanov, uh, I don't think, will be very uh, scared off by any of the power that uh, Vendera throws back at him. Um, you saw in that uh, Romanov fight, you know, he did stay in there, and I give him credit. You know, he was tough in there. But some of just defensive grappling that he had, like, it, it, you know, a few times uh, Romanov just literally ran him over. And it wasn't, you know, all that uh, difficult for him to do that at certain points. But Vendera did do the fuck it, I'm going to get up, you know, the, the Derek Lewis defense on a number of occasions but i do think that mirzakhanov should be able to to find a path for his left hand um and you know hopefully put put vendera down and if that does not work um i do think that he should be able to find some wrestling he trains with these k dojo guys who have um mateus denise uh adcc world champion training down there with him i know that for a fact because i used to train a little bit with mateus um so i think he they're training pretty hard over there i think uh Mirzakhanov is used to heavyweights and big guys and i do not think that vandera is used to uh the speed that uh Mirzakhanov is gonna bring so i pick him i'll pick him uh i did put a little bit bet on him when this dipped all the way down to close to minus 170 um and the over here potentially a good spot if you do think that uh vandera could survive because you know he he, he has taken bigger shots from bigger guys so maybe he he is able to muck this fight up but i do think Mirzakhanov is uh is gonna win this one yeah, over one and a half here, minus 138. I think that's pretty good. Um, I'm a little more skeptical of Mertzikhanov than you are. Um, you know, I think that he did look okay on the contender series, knocking that guy out. But that guy was a pretty low-level opponent. It just seems like Mertzikhanov is, uh, you know, he's a pretty crafty southpaw boxer. He's got power in both hands. But I'm not seeing a lot of volume from him. He kind of looks for that one-punch power. And a lot of times at heavyweight, uh, you're going to face these blockhead, durable guys. They're going to be able to eat those shots and not go down with that one-punch um, knockout. So I think that that could be a problem for him here. Um, Vandera is extremely tough. The guy has been finished a few times, but it's taken an absolute onslaught of ground and pound for this guy to to get TKO'd. And he doesn't even go out you know, clean. He just eats like 100 ground and pound strikes to the head before getting mercifully stopped. So I think that Vandera is going to be able to hang in there and eat some of these big bombs. And it's going to be interesting to see how Mirzakhanov looks past the five-minute mark, considering that he doesn't have much experience late in fights, only one decision win. That was against uh, Gudo Vincente, who was a kickboxer. Um, you know, Mirzakhanov just had a pretty easy fight there, taking him down a few times. But I thought 
Mertzikhanov's wrestling, his grappling looked a bit underwhelming there. I mean, he got swept at one point um, from bottom, when he was on top. He got swept by Gudo Incente, the kickboxer, and ended up on bottom. So uh, I'm a little skeptical of Mertzikhanov's wrestling ability. I definitely don't think it's going to be as good as uh, Romanov's. Um, so I think this fight's going to get real interesting past the five-minute mark. Um, it is possible that Mertzikhanov just uh, bombs away on Bandera and maybe knocks him out standing here. Maybe Bandera's not in good shape. Ozzy did a little research on uh, on Bandera's Instagram. He did mention that he took like five weeks off of training after his last fight. So he fought in early October, and then he admitted in mid-November that he hasn't really been doing much for the past month or something. So you got to question what kind of shape the guy's going to be in. He is kind of a, a big, uh, obese heavyweight, so he might just be in terrible shape. But if he has that typical cardio that he does, um, like he showed in the Tafa fight, I think he could make this fight close in rounds two and three. But you might as well just wait and live bet him. I think that Mertzikhanov is probably going to win round one, and you're going to be able to get a better price on Berendera live. So just wait and live bet this one. Um, there's a good chance Mertzikhanov uh, knocks him out in round one, but I'm skeptical of Mertzikhanov for the future. Um, that's going to bring us to the next fight, which takes place in the lightweight division. We have Claudio Poilas taking on uh, Chris Gritzmacher. This fight is a near pick'em. Uh, we got Gritzmacher minus one fifteen, Poilas minus one hundred five. I'm a bit surprised by this line. I mean, Poilus is a guy who uh, he does train out of Sanford MMA now. That is definitely the best thing about him. But this guy is a lay and pray artist all day. I mean, he gets one takedown. He doesn't do a whole lot in top position. He doesn't land strikes. If you look at his, his statistics, uh, he barely has landed any strikes in his UFC fights. He just gets a takedown, lays on top of you, and he's fought some really bad opponents like uh, Mariano, like Jordan Levitt, who had you know never seen a single leg in his life before that fight, apparently. Um, and you know he just had two very easy wins back to back. Two guys who laid on their backs the entire fight and were just terrible. But Gritzmacher's a guy who can get off his back. He can be taken down. We saw that in the Garcia fight. But he bounced back up to his feet after all those takedowns. And he's tough. He knows how to pressure. He knows how to put up volume. And I have no doubt about it that that Chris Gritzmacher is the the meaner, uh, tougher fighter who's gonna you know want to be landing the harder strikes. Poilus just doesn't seem to land hard strikes. He doesn't put much power behind his strikes. And I think Gritzmacher is going to get in his face on the feet. He's going to be landing punches. He's going to be putting Poilus on the back foot. And as long as Gritzmacher can deal with these takedowns, can stand up from that top position, I think that he should be good to, to outstrike Poilus and possibly even break him and finish him in these later rounds. So I'm surprised where this line's at near Pickham. I don't think Poilus is that good of a grappler. And I certainly don't think that he's going to, you know, I think he's going to need 10 minutes of top time to beat Chris Gritzmacher because the guy doesn't land strikes. He doesn't really go for submissions. He's going to have to lay on top of Gritzmacher for the majority of the fight to win a decision. And Gritzmacher just doesn't really lose that way. So I think the values on Gritzmacher here, I'm interested to see your, your perspective on this one, Ozzy. Listen, I don't give a shit about where Chris Gritzmacher is training. I don't care who, who's training with him, what interior is in the, like what equipment he has in his garage does not matter. Okay. These guys play different sports okay uh, <laughs> claudio Puelas fighting jordan levitt and he like does, doesn't want to strike with him he's getting calf kicked by him got dropped by a body shot by martin bravo i know that was years ago 
But there was a two-year uh, uh, gap between the Mariano fight and the Jordan Levitt fight. And, and I mean, Jordan Levitt, I, I don't, like, I'm trying to re uh, remember the fight again. But, I mean, Levitt, I don't know who won the first round. It was a close round. But Levitt was doing stuff. And then he, just, did, yeah. he just, you know, gassed. He's very physically weak. Uh, and, and I think that's what uh, prevailed, the conditioning of uh, uh, Claudio Puelas is what prevailed there. But, I mean, I don't care about any of that stuff because the, the fight that uh, Gritzmacher is going to bring is completely different and foreign to uh, Claudio Puelas. I mean, Puelas has some uh, decent grappling, but the thing, like, he'll, he'll shoot some takedowns that are okay, but, uh, like, the positioning overall I don't think is that sound. It's okay, but it's like, you know, shooting in uh, on, you know, diving in on single legs with the head outside. It's looking for reverses if you if you do try to take him 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 down yourself. Uh, and then and then, you, you know, this guy got stood up from like north south on Jordan Levitt. Like Jordan Levitt's not doing anything from on bottom. So it, he's just not, nowhere near savage enough for me to not for me to not bet Chris Gritzmacher here. You know, Gritzmacher undefeated in decisions. So you know you're telling me that this guy is on a level that he's got, gonna have to submit um you know uh Chris Gritzmacher. I don't look at stats, but I had like other than the knee bar that he pulled out of his uh, ass against uh, what's his name? Uh, Silva. Doesn't, ma doesn't matter his name. Uh, I've never seen him attempt a real submission. Uh, he took the back of Jordan Levitt and immediately lost it. I just don't see him solidifying positions where he's going to be able to do stuff to Chris Gritzmacher that's not going to one tire him out. Or two, allow for an escape from Gritzmacher. Um, you saw in that fight against uh, Hafa Garcia, Chris Gritzmacher will bang that body up, uh, and and he will come forward and he will be aggressive. So you know the fight that he's gonna bring. Uh, Cl Claudio Paulus is gonna be diving for ankles, diving for single legs, doing all that stuff, and he's gonna be met with resistance. And his resting attack in both those uh, recent fights ha has not met any resistance. This guy only has eleven uh, total fights. Uh, a number of them are just like not even going out of the first round. Like, you know, the, like he's like finishing with uh, a few of these guys with like head kicks. But, like if you look at his, his uh, over. Oh, you unplugged your microphone by accident. He got so excited Sorry, talking about Chris Grismacher. Uh, yeah, unplug my uh, mic for a second. My bad. Um, so, yeah, so I, I mean, I love Chris Gritzmacher here. You know, th this uh, fight has been trending towards flipping to to the favor to favor uh, to uh, to him at dog money, which I would, you know, be all over. But I had to take a little bit of this minus 105. I just don't understand how I mean, the path to victory for Claudio Plus is takedowns and like holding him down. So you think half the time he's going to have the cardio and the gas to outlast Chris Gritzmacher over the course of the fight. I mean, at some point, even if Claudio Polis, let's say, has success early, Chris, Mock Chris Gritzmacher is going to come come on to him and, uh, and, and test, you know, test him, whether it be beginning of the second round, uh, the start of it, whether it be him getting out of a takedown, because he's not going to stop. People are looking at him in the in his garage and thinking that he has bad cardio. Okay, well, what's his name? Uh, Hafa Garcia trains with Whitman. He trains at altitude. He does all this stuff. Who was the guy, you know, uh, pushing the fight in those in those uh, late second and third rounds? It's Chris Gritzmacher. Uh, so his, his conditioning is always... That garage cardio is different, I'm telling you. Gar that garage cardio is different, man. All you need is... Look at Jocko Willick, bro. That guy trains in his... All he does all is right, train 
right, that's where I'll draw the line. All he uh, you just hating on him because he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. But the, <laughs> the, the, the all he does is train in his motherfucking garage, and that guy's in shape. So why can't Chris Gritzmacher be in shape? Exactly. Just a bunch, just a bunch of haters. Just a bunch of haters uh, hating on the, my guy's uh, setup in his garage in North Carolina, and they're you know dick riding these Sanford guys. I'm t- Henry Hooft isn't even gonna go out to Vegas. To co- he doesn't even know who Co- Claudio Polez is. <laughs> has no idea who that guy is. So I mean, if you want to bet him, God bless. Let's see how what happens. But this guy, he 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 only wins by decision and against bums against Anderson Silva's boy and Jordan Levitt. Couldn't and, su- couldn't submit that guy couldn't when even uh, submit that Land- guy. Lando Venata submitted him in couldn't, less than a round. Couldn't even submit that guy. And now he's going to beat Chris Gritzmacher, who like six years ago was on the Ultimate Fighter, was an undefeated fighter, has only lost to Chaska. Like, you know, not Chaska is not borderline top 15, but the other guys are. Nah, I mean, j- give me Chris Gritzmacher. Give him, give me him for multiple units, and uh, and let's see, uh, Claudio. I mean, look, listen, I'm I'm Latino, so I love these Peruvian. You know, my aunts uh, are all right, all Peruvian. Right. I love to see him <laughs> succeed, but it's not gonna happen here. I think this is too much uh, for for my boy, my guy to chew on. So this motherfucker talking about his aunts, his Jocko Willock, all the all the good reasoning is coming into this one. We got Gritzmacher bigly. We're moving on though. Another I hilarious fight. Another hilarious fight. This one's going right back to you, Ozzy. So keep keep the okay. gun loaded. We got Menafield versus Knight. Two of five. No, I um, love me a Menafield fight. Yep. <laughs> Very one of Ozzy's favorite fighters. Bet online has Menafield minus one forty three. William Knight plus one twenty three. Hilarious matchup here. You you love to see it, you know. We we were we were robbed of this fight earlier this year. I don't I forgot. I think someone got COVID. Knight got COVID. That's what happened. Uh, but but hopefully it doesn't happen this time. Um, interesting fight in the fact that I mean, like you never know what kind of fight is gonna bust out in a William Knight fight. Like, is he gonna be getting his ass whooped and like mount a comeback? Is the guy gonna be trying to take him down and fail like uh Kamor and Brundage did, and then him turn it on? You just never know what's gonna happen. Um, you know, Menafield definitely has, I would say, like more skill than uh Knight does, and he discovered how to calf kick in his last fight, which was very, very a uh, 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 welcome sight and very unexpected. But, um, you know, and, and the line's been coming in in his direction. Uh, it, it, it's like some tout money, you know, some touts, you know, on the William Knight side. I personally, I just cannot get involved. You know, I know people are very, very intrigued in this fight. They're thinking, uh, I think that William, that um, Metafield's going to just be able to stay on the outside, use his power striking, uh, and, and, and put the more accurate punches on William Knight. But the thing is that William Knight, even when he is losing, I think that he can like he just baits and goads you into like a, a a coin flip kind of fight where either he could like you're throwing punches at him and he's like blocking them and you know doing you know squirming around and then throws power back. And I think that uh you know the the biggest issue on in Alonzo Manifield is that he's just not a very high IQ fighter. This is gonna be in a smaller cage as well where the Ed Herman one, I think he had a little bit more room to navigate and move around especially after he crippled uh, Herman with those calf kicks. So I think that, uh, you know, this fight's going to get sloppy and William Knight is going to be able to start eking his way back into it. I don't have a solid read on it, to be honest. I'm going to totally take it off. I'm not looking at the prop side of things and, you know, none of that. I think people are, you know, risking it a little bit, saying over and all these things just because these guys both have definitely have power and I think they'll be willing to exchange with each other. So... We'll see what happens. I, I think I'd lean 
I would have leaned towards Knight early on if I could have got like plus one forty, plus one forty five. Uh, but uh, but it's gonna be a total pass for me. Yeah, I, I think that Menafield. This is a good matchup for him, honestly. I mean, we've been pretty skeptical of the guy throughout his entire career, but uh, I think this fight is where he's, you know, meeting another fighter who is an athletic monster, but also just severely underdeveloped in the skill area. And I think Knight is even, you know, worse at at the skill level aspect of MMA. I mean, if you watch the 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 Sharon fight, I mean, Knight is pulling his head back in a straight line, like he has no concept of of ducking under punches or parrying or you know. He just just pulling his head back like an amateur. So, um, you know, the same could be said about Menafield. I mean, OSP looked like a world class striker on Menafield there. I, I know that was one of uh, Ozzy's big bets recently. Oh boy! Um, but uh, you know, Ozzy's made a lot of money fading money uh, Menafield in his time, and he's not doing it this this time. So that shows that this is a pretty good matchup for Menafield. The calf kick I thought was a good sign from him in his last fight. He went the full fifteen minutes and looked good the entire time. And Menafield also did hit that takedown on Sharon. And as we know, uh, as we saw in the Dot and Junk fight, William Knight can be taken down very easily. He is terrible off of his back, doesn't really have any idea how to get off that bottom position. So we might even see Menafield hit some takedowns here. So I think Menafield's got a few advantages here, and I think he's going to be uh, my pick to win. I'm not going to be betting it as well, but I do cap him, you know, minus 170 or something. So, I'll, you know, hypothetically, there is value, but just not a fight I recommend betting on. That's going to move us to the next fight. We only got four fights down. We got to keep chugging through this. Uh, we got Mallory Martin taking on Cheyenne Buys. I'm not sure how to pronounce that that new last name of hers at this point, so we're just keeping it with Buys. Um, but uh, Cheyenne Buys minus 183 right now. Mallory Martin plus 158. So interesting line. Since Cheyenne's last fight, uh, I believe she had COVID. She's on record saying that she had a tough time dealing with COVID. I mean, she did an interview two to three weeks ago where she admitted that she's having like a tough time with her cardio and everything like that. And she like basically said, oh, I hope to get better by the fight. So that's a concern. Um, and she also uh, got divorced from her husband and moved into a new house. So a lot going on in the life of Cheyenne buys right now. If you're a big fan of Narrative Nation, um, you might be interested in the Mallory Martin side of this matchup. Uh, what do you think about all that information before you get into the, you know, your actual analysis? Only, only part of it that I care about is the COVID uh, side of things. Um, that's the only part I think that matters at all. Uh, <laughs> Mallory Martin, I don't like her. I don't like anything about her. Um, I, you know, she was, she got arm, she got meme armbarred by uh what's her name Liana. Pollyanna Pollyanna in her last fight you know Cheyenne I think is I think Cheyenne is highly skilled I think if she gets her head on right you know she's been uh <laughs> training and fighting for a while like she had her first amateur fight eight years ago almost um and 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 Mallory Martin although she trains with a with a solid camp over there she like she has no uh her knees are totally fucked uh I'll tell you that like she's had her knee braces in all the fights all the fights she's had her meniscus you know just cut up there's barely anything left i don't know if it's both of them or one of them but uh definitely one of them has like no meniscus in it um and and you know you you see that she's kind of stiff on the feet she leaves her chin up her hand her her defense her hands is not very good uh and and her her best attribute is that she you know take goes for takedowns and you know her top game but her overall jujitsu game i think is somewhat weak uh especially if you can like make her defend if you can uh put the grappling exchanges on your script you saw verna jandri as soon as she took her like she was playing with her when she was uh, on the offensive 
perspective. But then, you know, when 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 uh, <laughs> she's able to put uh, Hannah Cyphers down and be aggressive, you know, she she can find uh, finishes and good positions. But overall, I do think that uh, Cheyenne is the better is the better fighter overall. I think she has be- uh, much cleaner striking. I think she is more diverse in that striking. She's got uh, p- both punches and pretty good kicks, as you saw by that great timing in her last fight on that head kick that she landed. But uh, some a fighter saying that their lungs are not good and their breathing is affected is just something that you cannot just back. You have to be. It has to be a total stay away. Um, if you want to bet Mally Martin, I guess like. But I I think I just bet her by decision because even in those compromising positions that uh, Cheyenne got put in uh, against Ruiz, you know, I like I don't just I just don't see the like a, a path for uh, Martin to be submitting uh, Cheyenne. Cheyenne uh, for for all her faults is just incredibly be determined and i do think she would be able to escape uh positions if she does get taken down and you know i I think that athletically she is good enough to be able to defend some means like single single legs and double legs so you know maybe look at mallory by decision which is like plus 240 i think but another fight gonna be a a stay away and a pass for me uh based on those uh things by uh those statements by cheyenne See, I think I think you're on the on the mark with most of it, but even you, I think, have a little bit too much respect for Cheyenne Baez. I feel like these people in the market got these short memories because we cannot forget what happened in that Ruiz fight. I mean, that was one of the the worst things I've ever seen in MMA: getting head and arm thrown like that over and over and over, and getting held in that position. Ozzy, when you're when you're in that position, that that you know that. Um, what do you, I don't even know what you call it the scarfold position. You learn how to defend. You learn how to defend. I'm that. sympathetic, like I said. I the first t- tournament that I got submitted at uh, on in, uh, I got caught in that same position, and I got when finished. you were a white belt, right? Yeah, but it's a tough position. I mean, once you let someone get up like towards your shoulders, there is very. It's like uh, when someone mounts you and they get their knees all the way up under your armpits. It's a tough position to get out of, and you know. I don't. I, I don't agree. I think anybody no. your own. I don't think anybody no. your own size. You're you have right. to be, you have to be able <laughs> to get out of that. I mean, like if you're Alexi Olenek and you have a thirty pound weight advantage on some guys at heavyweight, sure. I mean, but when you're in that position versus somebody your own size, I mean, I think it's pretty basic that uh, how to escape that. It looked like she had no idea, no idea how to escape that, and that's like a, a white belt jujitsu escape position. Um, so based on that, I mean. That also the head and arm throw, one of the most basic, predictable takedowns. I mean, Ruiz did that on tape over and over again. The fact that Baez was able to lose that fight, getting taken down by that same move, showed that she you, lacked, lacks preparation for one because she didn't study her opponent. She didn't realize that it was her go to move. And then it just shows that she has a lack of idea of how to escape bad positions on the ground. Now, Baez did redeem herself a little bit in her last fight, but that was against, um, what's her face? Your girl. ADP. Yeah, what's uh, what's her actual last name? Oh, yeah, DePaula. Um, DePaula, yeah, who's a striker, right? In that fight, uh, Baez took her down, head kicked her, the fight was over. We have was not hot. seen... That was cool. We have not... That was cool. Well, we yeah. haven't seen Baez show any resemblance of improvement in her takedown defense, her, her bottom position, any of that. And Martin, you know does know how to grapple she knows how to get the Early. fight in her realm of 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 you know the fight she's you saw her try to play striker versus hannah cyphers hannah the farm girl cypher showed almost her died that almost you're died. not you're not cut out for this life she dropped her hard and then martin gathered her thoughts she her, her corner told her what to do to get the fight to the floor and she was able to do it and translate it into a finish so 
I think that, that Martin honestly does have a good chance at getting this fight to the floor and just top gaming by simple, simple as that. I think that she could possibly high roll herself to a finish if she just goes crazy with ground and pound. Um, but I think that, you know, a top, top position clinic from Martin is on the, the spectrum here. So buys minus 183, you should check yourself into a, a gambling addiction clinic. If you're, if you're betting that shit. Um, so I think that the side on this one is Martin, honestly. Um, we're having some fun with this podcast. We still got fucking 10 fights left. We're 33% of the way done. And we got another fun fight in the next one. We got welterweight division, uh, Jake Matthews as the favorite, um, at the price of one minus one seventy two, Jeremiah Wells plus one forty seven. You can start this one off, Ozzy. I think these guys are just cut from two different cloths, and uh, I think that we're gonna see that shown. Lord. In this fight. Lord. I mean, look, the I've never seen a record like Jake Matthews. Like, I mean, it doesn't even make sense in the in the ass in the realm of you thinking like a UFC overall. But I just think I guess they were trying to stroke this guy because he is a. Uh, from uh from australia and all but i mean it's littered with like a bunch of bums and underwhelming performances and i mean the thing with jake matthews is he's just like a generic fighter in my in my eyes like he he he's not very good uh in any in any uh capacity he doesn't have that much heart he gives up so, like that arm triangle he gave sean I, I repeat to you he gave sean brady when he was like getting that wrist uh taken and and kind of like going to his back like you know when you're going to your back there that the next thing the guy's gonna do is arm triangle you and he tapped and let go of sean brady's leg even before it was really cinched up so i mean i've never believed in jake matthews um ufc unfortunately did not give me many opportunities to fade him but every time they did i will tell you all of his losses i was against them in every single one of them uh, and I'm gonna be against him here again because Jeremiah Wells, overall, he's you know he's obviously a blitz attacker. Overall, he you know he doesn't have uh, a ton of those uh, range uh, striking uh, tools. But the good thing about that is that it's quite difficult to uh, counter a guy like Jeremiah Wells, who's so quick, commits to punching uh, to to those strikes so hard. And you saw Warley Alves was like shocked. Uh, in every, you know, after every exchange or before or after every exchange with the aggression and the timing and the, the quickness that Wells is coming in, into him uh, with. So, you know, Wells does have some takedown ability. Um, he has gone uh, five rounds before as well. So I'm not very concerned about his cardio and conditioning. And I just think he's going to be able to blitz Jake Matthews, probably take him down at some point. I do think it could, it, it will be competitive early on. You know, Jake Matthews will come in and, and probably look to get some takedowns, look to land that left hook of his overall. But the guy does not have a, you know, good, great volume to me. I think his defense on the feet leaves a lot to be desired. You saw uh, Sean Brady land that check left hook uh, on him. And I think that uh, overall, he's not going to be able to implement his kind of like this guy just he's like a slot like he just wants to slow the fight down and, and and grind that clock down and make his dad happy in the corner and win a decision <laughs> and i don't think that's the, i don't think that jeremiah wells is with that uh game plan if you know what i mean so i think the strikes at jeremiah wells if if this fight goes late the strikes at jeremiah wells puts on uh jake matthews is gonna make the difference it's gonna score more points it's gonna make a a tangible effect like the the judges are gonna give credit to it and i think that uh he's not gonna be uh staying on the ground like uh emil meek did and 
and, and Diego Sanchez and whatever that Swedish guy, the really hairy Swedish guy uh, did, like it's not going to happen. So at that plus 165 number, I was in on Jeremiah Wells. I'll take that plus 150 number as well. I was not sure where the line was going to go. Um, but I like Jeremiah Wells here. I think that this is a very, 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 very good spot for him because I think he could finish easily. I think he could win on scorecards. And I don't think that even a submission on uh, Jake Matthews late would be uh, a, a big surprise. So give me the Philly guy. Give me the Henzo Gracie PA guy. And let's keep riding that train uh, to the till the cows come home. Yeah, I had done, you know, some tape. I saw Wells fight live one time uh, back in like 2018 against uh, Norwood. Uh, that was a five-round fight he won. Um, and, you know, I was a little bit skeptical of the guy. I, I think his skill set is a bit limited. But, I mean, the dude is just so athletic, you know, extremely you know, muscular and strong. You saw that in those exchanges with Alves. And in some of his fights, he really leverages that athleticism and that aggression well. And he finds finishes. Sometimes uh, his five-round fight in CFFC most recently, he, he did almost nothing in that fight he tried to be you know a technical striker and it just wasn't his style and he lost that fight via a close decision but when you see him going crazy against Alves you know swinging these big punches I mean that's how that's how he's effective and I have I have pretty little doubt that Matthews has is the more skilled fighter I do think that you know in the gym you know if you had to build a fighter on UFC or whatever he would have a higher skill level but it like Ozzy said, the guy just lacks that killer instinct. He doesn't really know what he's doing with himself at certain times. I mean, I don't think he's got a consistent game that he goes to. I mean, he has knocked some guys down on the feet, but he's not really a, a consistent high-volume striker. He has taken some guys down and submitted, submitted them, but them. he's not an extremely reliable wrestler. He's not extremely good on top either. And we saw Wells, when he was on top of of Alves for that short period of time, I mean, you you see that the guy knows what he's doing on top. He's he's heavy. He knows how to throw ground and pound. He knows how to get in an, an advantageous positions without doing too much. He's not going to be you know going for back takes and going for all different types of submissions. He knows how to be conservative with that top position and keep it. So. I just think that uh, I'm picking Wells here based on, on him being, you know, the more naturally aggressive fighter. Um, I think he's got an athleticism advantage here, the power advantage. And I think he could land some hands on Matthews and Matthews might just want to, you know, shell up and get out of there. So I'm not sure how Wells is going to get it done, but I'm picking him to do so. I'll be on him at plus money as well. Um, that's going to take us to the next fight in the welterweight division where we have short notice Darian Weeks filling in for Matt Brown here, taking on Brian Barberina. Barberina minus 123 on bet online with Weeks coming back plus 103. So, uh, you know, this line is close. You got Bar Barberina, who's probably like a 20-fight UFC veteran, been in the UFC forever, has been declining lately, no doubt about it. His past three fights have been pretty worrisome performances. Um, but, you know, he's facing a, a UFC newcomer with five UFC fights on one week's notice. So, Tape and Darren Weeks, I had some pretty high expectations for the guy. You know, if he's, you know, almost even money against an experienced vet like Barb, I would expect him to be really good. And I was a little underwhelmed. I think that the guy is a decent fighter. He's not glaringly awful at anything, but uh, his strength of schedule is not good. He's fought a lot of low level opponents. Barbarina is going to be the best opponent that he's fought by a wide, wide margin. And Weeks um, has some decent striking. I, I saw him outstrike the guy in LFA. He looked really good in that fight. But that was a, a three and four older guy who was not that good at fighting. And I just don't think we really have an idea of how good Weeks is because the guy he, guys he's been beating and looking good against have been extremely low level. And I just don't think it's going to translate that well to Brian Barberina. 
Um, Barb did get rocked a few times versus Jason Witt. He did get taken down versus Jason Witt, but I saw two, you know, good things after that. He recovered fast. He was able to get off of his, his ass after those knockdowns and get back, you know, clear his head a little bit. And when he gets taken down, he can still work his way back up to the feet pretty well. So I haven't seen too much impressive jujitsu wise from weeks. He did just get his blue belt in jujitsu recently on his Instagram. So you know that he's not a jujitsu based type of fighter. He's a wrestler. So I don't think he's going to have the top pressure to hold Barbarina down. He might get some takedowns, but I don't think he's going to hold Barbarina down for more than 30 seconds. And then on the feet, um, Barbarina is like almost entirely boxing offense. He doesn't really throw any strikes besides punches to the head. Weeks does mix it up a little bit better, but just the wealth of experience for Barbarina, I think should win him these striking exchanges as the fight goes on. I mean, he does still have some pop behind his punches. He is, you know, a crafty southpaw boxer. So I think as the fight goes on, we're going to see Barbarina show that veteran skill and he's going to win uh, rounds two and three here probably might even win round one so I'll, I'll be picking Barbarina by decision and at this line I think he he is worth a bet I cap him you know 60% minimum I just don't think a one week short notice fighter with five pro fights who's not really great at anything deserves you know near even money what are you thinking here Ozzy I love when UFC the UFC puts uh fights together like this because it's like um it's like a, a a bad like new age kind of versus uh like old school like barbarina has been in the ufc since 2014 uh when he fought jake ellenberg uh, uh younger brother i think so seven years in ufc very very long time he's been in there with former title challengers you know current top 15 guys um but he's lost to all those guys like the, the fights he's won joe proctor jake ellenberger other ellenberger Warley's Gwen, he he gave uh, Warley, the Dente Gwen. Yeah, Warley back in the day. But, but my point is that I I told you guys uh for those that that were listening back uh I think our second podcast ever uh Barbarina he's a negator he does not like he'll take all the off he'll get his ass whooped you look at all his fights uh the the Colby Covington fight the Warley Alves fight the even the Sage Norka fight the you know Luke fight, all these fights even uh even the Whip fight he'll take he'll get fucked up. And then he'll make the fight close because, you know, he does, he has spurts of offense. He is very tough. He does uh, put out effective offense. He does know how to stay into in a fight. He does know when he needs to rally to put out offense. Like, those are all good intangibles that Brian Barberena has. But the fact of the matter is, in all the fights that he has, the other guy is somewhat in the fight. Yet, like, me personally, I try to not give to as much like I do value experience, but I try not to put that much stock always in, OK, you fought a guy that's way better than you or that is now in the title picture or is now ranked and all this stuff. And you lost to him, you know, because uh, at the end of the day, the results, the, the, the final results, I feel matter more than the ins and outs of what happened in the context of the fight. I think a lot of people will value, oh, well, you know, Randy Brown, that fight, uh, it was back and forth. Yeah, but once Randy Brown started tuning him up to the body and finish him, like, it, it, it's a cage fight at the end of the day, and it's a 15-minute fight between two guys. Like, you know, both guys typically have some, you know, semblance of uh, offense uh, within it. That being all Wait, said, uh, that's one, all one philosophical, point, point, but that's all philosophical, point. but go ahead. Yeah, go let, ahead. Let, let, me, let me bring one thing up. So 
like in the the context of Luke versus Barbarina, that's what you're talking about. Luke did get his hand raised at the end of that one, but like in terms of their careers, like I think that fight was more of a win for Barbarina than it was for Luke. You know, like Luke won the fight at the end of the day, but the amount that Luke struggled with Barbarina was like kind of embarrassing. And Luke like, just even... gets hit by everyone. Like he just, you know, he but he could have been five precar- seconds away from lo- losing that pre- fight. He gets put in precarious positions all the time. Even like Tyron Woodley fight, he gets rocked. The M- Michael Chiesa fight, he's he he's almost choked. The Nico Price fight, they're just swinging and banging. The Mike Perry fight, they're swinging and banging. The Derek Krantz fight, he's got his back taken and he's almost rear naked choked. Uh, th- this is a, like this is what I'm saying in the context of even like a person like Vicente Luque, who I do think is very good. Like the fact of the matter is, this guy gets hit, and you know I'm not going to give that much credit to Barbarena because he was able to. I mean, Barbarena's incredibly tough. Like I said, he's a neg- he's not a negator. He's a guy, he'll take all the offense that you give him, and then he will land stuff on you because he is skilled in the intent in the aspect of the fight where he knows how to land his offense. Now, let me just get really quickly into this fight. But the thing is, Darian Weeks, five five fights in UFC, uh, or five yeah. MMA fights overall, um, has not looked I mean, he looked okay to me. I, I think the, the fact is that you know, my biggest worry is that Barbarina, the pace that he brings uh, forth is he's like a guy, he's almost, he's not Nate Diaz, but he's like the kind of guy where, you know, he'll be, he'll present you so many offensive opportunities that he could tire you out from like, just letting like the Homer Simpson, like some people say that like, he lets you hit him. He lets you, he puts himself in bad position sometimes, but then he gets out and then you can't finish them. And then you're tired of doing it. And a guy like Darian Weeks has only had five MMA fights. Uh, is is you know sometimes you get an adrenaline dump you're like uh, teeing off on a guy and because you're in on such short notice you probably don't have tip top cardio and he probably could be a lightweight but I actually do like more guys like him that are fighting at their natural weight class he is a 93 kid his birthday was last week so hopefully he was not drinking and partying <laughs> and partying that much because Barbarina is a freaking tough fight for a guy who's only you know he has like five times the amount of UFC experience I did take that early those early lines on weeks because i knew that you know a lot of people feel that barbarina's shot to bits and i do think that during weeks uh early on is going to have some success i think that his boxing and his hands are much cleaner i think he's going to be able to land straight shots on barbarina but he has not shown devastating ko power so i think that barbarina is going to play out the same way as a lot of them do i think barbarina is going to be getting teed off on uh he's probably going to try and take weeks down at some point and then start grinding on him with ground and pound shots uh, touching up his body and doing all that. But I mean, I think that you're kind of crazy to be laying any kind of juice on Barbarina. It's just not a very good investable opportunity, in my opinion. I think it's better to look at this uh, in, in a live bet scenario because Weeks is going to come out hot, I think, even if he does know that Barbarina is the kind of fighter he is. It's just hard to contain yourself and and, and be composed uh, in there against a guy like that and a guy that's coming from that camp as well. I don't know who Darian Weeks trains with, but I do think he's a solid prospect. I'm interested. Nobody good. Nobody good. So I'm interested in seeing what he does there. Um, you know, in, in his UFC career, because I do think he is a solid prospect. He had a, t- a good amount of amateur fights. Yeah, uh, I believe he had like, he, yeah, almost 20 amateur fights, a lot of fights versus guys that are good as well. Um, yeah. But I just don't like Barbarina. I don't like the circumstances around his career, uh, the surgeries he's having, the damage he's taken. Um, and I do. So, you know, it's I have some weeks 
uh, money line now. What I'll price? probably buy off of it. It's, it was like plus 145, plus 150. Uh, uh, there was like a plus 146, I think, on FanDuel that I that I got some some number like that. Um, and and I'm gonna be observing the fight. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably buy off of it a little bit of it. Um, but I do think that weeks here. Uh, it's a close fight because I do think that uh, he's going to be able to get out ahead of Barbarena. Not a confident, you know, side for me, but I just feel that Barbarena is just going to come out there and just be way too hittable for this guy. And then we'll see how it, uh, how, what what kind of fight breaks out from there. Way too, way too right, long. That's gonna, way too long. That's going to move us along to flyweight fight. We got Manal Kopp as the minus 270 favorite taking on Zolgaz Zhumagulov plus 230 on this one. I'll kick this one back to you. I don't know. What are we going with, Cop or Cape? Go with Cop. I like Cop. Um, so, you know, it's the fight where, you know, Cop, I, I really liked him in his, you know, initially, I think I was all over him in his first two UFC fights. Very, very skilled striker. Has uh, some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu game. Actually has some takedowns as well. I've been a little more on Zuma Gulov overall, but I do think this is a fight that could be rather interesting because Zuma Gulov, he has really, really good experience. He has shown the ability to claw back fights. Like that fight against Paiva was, I thought it was a pretty good fight. They were both going back and forth uh, a lot. Um, he did show a little bit of, um, I think, you know, some holes in his game against Albazi, which, I, you know, I was all over Albazi in that spot. Um, and he shows some grappling deficiencies there. But the thing with Cop is he's not buttoned up that much in the grappling realms where he is um, going to continue to, like, uh, out chest move you to get to positions like the back and stuff like that. Uh, Cop is more the kind of guy, like, he'll take you down to, like, show off that he could take you down and then let you right back up. Like, that's just the kind of guy that cop is, where as a guy like Albazi is like, all right, like, I got this position, I work for it, let me maintain it, and then, you know, work from there. Um, so I, and, and uh, Zuma Gulov has shown the ability to be competitive with literally everyone that he's fought. So I think it's a, it's a I, I've seen some sharp guys that I, that I know um, on that early line, of like minus 200, 205, 210 on a cop, and I definitely understand it. But, you know, laying that uh, big juice overall is just trying to, rely too much on a finish because if this fight is going late cop has some lapses uh, overall he looked great in that second round against uh nicolau but that's like the only time that he really looked uh very impressive to me overall he's got all the skills but he does not have that connective tissue that connective you know that in-between stuff the filler um in his fights to to put it all together and zuma Gulov, he's just like a a nasty dude. He throws unorthodox punches. He comes forward, and even like when you're circling out, you think you're safe, and like he's just chasing you down, trying to throw the overhand left, trying to throw light kicks, you know, trying to get to the clinch. Um, so I think that there's some value opening up on his side here. Um, I'm not very confident in Cop at all. I was more confident in him earlier on, but when I did a little refresh and I saw how um competitive Zumagulov always is it just really dissuaded me from you know back and cop this guy's 16 and 6 for a reason and it, it's just a deficiency he has like he's not able to put together 15 quality minutes and him finishing Zumagulov is a very foreign like i can't really get there overall um so you know i, I i'll consider if this keeps going up i'll consider uh taking a little bit of Zumagulov and you know at that uh plus like you know uh, at, at less than 30%. Like, we need to get, like, a plus 230, you know, more thereabouts uh, for me to be on him. I think I'm, I think anything over plus 170 is worth the bet on Sumagulov. I mean, I think this is an easy, you know, just 
value bet. Don't think about a too much situation. Uh, cop uh, at minus two seventy, I think, is pretty absurd. Uh, I mean, he's more of a favorite than he was against uh, O'Day. And that fight, not much happened. Like, not much happened. They were tentative. And then Cop lands a big flying knee, and the fight's over. Um, but Cop has has not really looked minus 200 in any of his UFC fights. Maybe not even any of his MMA fights. I mean, even his Ryzen fights that he won, uh, th- those were close fights. Zumagulov, you know, been around the way, fought extremely tough competition in Russia. He might have left his pe- his best years behind him. I mean, he has not really looked his career best since getting into the UFC. But the guy is well-rounded. I mean, he's not glaringly bad at anything. He can hit offensive takedowns. Um, that could be a path to victory for him here. He's not like some incredible wrestler with great top position, but we know that Cape's takedown defense uh, was you know bad at one point. It does seem to be improving. But I just see this is going to be a, a low-volume, competitive striking match. I think Zumagulov's a crafty ca- uh, counterpuncher. We saw that in the Paiva fight. He made that one really close. And, you know, Paiva's a long, rangy, you know, higher output guy than Cop. And Zumagulov was able to make that fight really close. So plus 230, don't even think about it too much. Just half unit, maybe three-quarters of a unit bet. Um, and, you know, just, just see how it goes. I think the Zumagulov's got a good chance to pull this one off by decision. That's going to move us along. We are more than halfway done this fight card now. Uh, moving on to middleweight division, we have Dusko Todorovic as the, where is this line at? He's like minus 140 or something like that. I can't find the line right now. There he is, minus 152. Maki Patolo plus 132. A lot of action coming in on Patolo here. I mean, this line was way wider at one point. Opened up in the minus 200 range, and people are just steadily, steadily coming in on Maki Patolo. I don't really see it. I think um, I've been pretty skeptical of uh, of Dushko so far, but I think this is a fight that is pretty winnable for him. Um, Patolo is a decent boxer. He's a decent wrestler, but um, kind of what uh, what Ozzy was just talking about with Cop is this guy just can't put together a good 15 minutes. He's always making some bonehead mistake. He's always, you know, if he's winning a fight, um, he, you know, will eventually stop and lose the fight like in the Marquez fight. He was doing well against Darren Stewart before diving into a guillotine. He gassed out versus Callum Potter. I mean, this guy has a lot of issues. He's somewhat skilled, but he's got a lot of issues, and I just don't think he's reliable to show up for that full 15 minutes. He's also not really a natural middleweight. This guy is more of a a welterweight who doesn't really like cutting weight, and he's moving up to 185. And um, Dushko is actually facing really stiff competition uh, with – um, the guy who knocked him out in round one, who I'm blanking on, Soriano. No, oh no. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, uh, Robocop Rock, in his last Rock. fight. Yeah. So, uh, you know, those those two guys would do mean things to Patolo. So I think that, that Dusko is kind of getting an easier matchup here. And I'm picking him to win by decision. I feel like this is a good over spot. Um, I'm, I don't really, you know, say that too often. But uh, Dusko, I don't, I'm not too impressed with his his finishing ability. And even though Dusko has gotten dropped a few times, uh, I think his durability against D-Rod looked fine. So uh, what's the over here? I don't even see it. It was like minus. Was, it was. Uh, I've seen it. It is a, a line that I liked. It was like minus one eighty five, minus one ninety. It just got bet a little bit. You can only wait, find no, it like directly no way. on like for minus online. one. What is it for one and a half? Yeah, that's weird. Wow, I'm surprised. It, I, it doesn't show up on best fight odds, but like you have to go like bet online or one of your local, but whatever your bookie you you uh, use. But yeah, it's like minus one ninety, minus one eighty five. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, so. I mean, I just, I mean, Dusko is a very funny fighter. Like, I, you know, obviously those last two guys, like you said, two 
absolute horse like race horses uh in in uh uh puna and and greg uh you saw in that greg fight when they're like locking up and clinching like how big gregory rodriguez looks in comparison to dusko and dusko for his credit man like he stood in there like he you know he didn't go away he got hit with some clean shots he was able to roll with him a little bit so i think his chin is uh ufc certified um even though he you know he presents it out there uh quite often i just think maki patolo the, the thing with him is you don't know how he's going to come out. You know, you saw a fight against Impa where he was just striking and he got outstruck. He just got jabbed up very a lot. And then he changed it up. He was like, all right, I'm only grappling. And then, you know, he had a lot of success with that against Marquez and then ended up getting, you know, caught in a, a choke at the end of the day. Um, I do think that in the transitions, Dusko, Dusko is better than Marquez is. Like, I think he is able to go on offense more. Marquez is like more of like an all or nothing kind of fighter. Like, you know, he 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 doesn't defend uh, some of those takedowns and and clinch positions and and takedowns and stuff like that as well. I do think that Dusko will have uh, more success there. So I think that the takedowns will become uh, more difficult for uh, Maki in this uh, aspect. So I, I I think we'll see a little bit more range uh, striking here which well, Maki does have some skills. He goes to the body well. He'll throw some good hooks in there. But, you know, I, I, I do think this is an okay spot for, for Dusko. I don't love this money line spot. Like, I mean, I think I need it less than 60% just because Maki does have power in his hands. Uh, Dusko does the lean with it, rock with it, defense all the time. He's just, like, leaning back and leaning away from punches. And even if Maki can't connect with his head, he'll be able to throw to the body pretty easily. So I actually like the over spot. Uh, personally i do think that dusko will be able to find that chin of maki's maki does not have a uh, great defense to me i mean the guy's 13 and 8 for a reason overall um and i think that dusko uh actually has some offensive uh, grappling of his own right and you haven't really seen that that much uh from maki in that aspect except for against callan potter who callan potter if i remember correctly kind of grapple fucked maki even with maki's like weight problems and yeah he was at 170 he depleted all that still kind of embarrassing to lose to Callan potter so i like dusko here i do know people that like maki here there's no way i would want to invest in maki uh in this spot but that over even though it's juiced a bit i just don't think either of these guys is really getting each other out of there even though maki can just like I mean, getting guillotine by Darren Stewart is just like the most hilarious, like a British. I mean, look, if a guy like Darren Stewart, like a British guy like that, guillotine me, I think I'd retire. Um, but, you know, God bless him. He's still in here and I think he's fighting for his job. So I told you, who is the guy? Rafa Garcia. Yeah, that was a concern I had last time. Uh, betting against a, a dude like Rafa Garcia, who's fighting for his job, it's always a little concerning. And the same thing here with Maki. So, you know, career best performance could be coming. But I do think that uh, Dusko probably decide here. Um, and I would lean to the over. If I did make the play, I'm undetermined if I will, though. Yeah, I'm done putting my money on uh, Patolo after that last quit job against Marquez. Never again. All right, we're on the main card. We're in the, the final stretch here, Ozzy. Um, first fight, main card, welterweight division. We have Alex Morono uh, as a pretty decent-sized favorite, minus 230. Mickey Gall coming back, plus 195. You can start this one off. Okay, yes. So, um, int very interesting fight for me here. Um, you've got a guy in Alex Morono who has a lot of UFC experience, has, you know, fought uh, a good, uh, pretty good strength of schedule, has banked a lot of rounds as well, you know, has often gone to a decision. He's got almost 30 overall MMA fights. And Mickey Gall, 
you know, we know him. We we all know him pretty well. I was in attendance when he did call out uh, the GOAT, uh, CM Punk, and then cash in on that two times, cash or three times, I give him that, because he cashed in on that Sage Northcutt fight. Amazing three-fight run there. Mike Jackson, CM Punk, Sage Northcutt, pretty epic by the guy. Um, and, you know, I think he's he's been, uh, you know, alternating wins and losses here. He's been finding his way in, in a Shark Tank that is a welterweight division, but the guy's got some good, you know, good uh, hardware, good, like, f physicality overall to him. He's a killer on the mat. If you saw that finish that he had against uh, Jordan Williams, that was just uh, textbook Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the hand fighting there to get that rear naked choke. A lot of UFC fighters uh, would go a long way if they observed that hand fighting and how to uh, finish and, and lock in a rear naked choke like Gall did. Um, but this is an interesting fight because, you know, Alex Morono, to me, you know, he's this is like best case scenario for him overall as a fighter. You know, the, the like when I'm looking at him on the feet, he bites on a ton of feints. He's always looking to launch that right hand. You know, uh, if you look at that as a water fight, he's always like ready to throw that uh, right hand. And he's miss swinging and missing a lot. I'm not a stat guy, but if you look at the stats, it, his striking accuracy has to be pretty poor. Um, and I think he's there to be hit pretty often. I know that Mickey Gall um, has been working on his striking a lot recently. And I think that he is a far superior grappler if this does hit them back. Um, which I would uh, highly recommend if I had the ear of Mickey Gall because uh, um, Morono goes down with Augusta win for the most part overall. So I think that Mickey here um, should – he's got to be careful because uh, for even though that uh, Morono is not uh, the best striker, he throws, his, he throws those uh, right hands really, really hard with very, very um, – a lot of commitment um and it leaves him open for the takedown which is why i would like to see gall you know go for his takedown but you know donald cerrone was on the end of those punches he felt what that fe feels like but overall i feel that this is a spot that mickey gall now this is climbing back up to plus 190 i thought this is tr gonna trend down towards the plus 150 range at plus 190 plus 195 i love gall here um in this spot as like a just a plus ev like a bet that just you know the odds are definitely wrong because i think like i said i think he has a big advantage on the ground i think on the feet he will be competitive he should be able to know how to navigate into the the, the boxing range um and you know overall i think the the biggest question mark will probably be the cardio of mickey gall overall so but i think he is aware of all those faults i think he's a pretty sh smart guy and I'm going to be backing him here at this plus price. I think that he should be able to avoid some of those counters that uh, Morona throws back and hopefully get that grappling going uh, and, you know, uh, find a way to either get to some dominant positions where he's able to settle down Morona because Morona doesn't really have that much, that many getups or maybe outpoint him on the feet uh, with, you know, because as a water fight, looking back at it, it was actually kind of close because uh, Morono, like I said, he swings and misses a lot. Mm, um, that wasn't close. It was kind of close. But I know we were uh, on the opposite. It was kind of close. That's true. Um, yeah, I do, I do remember picking the Morono side yeah. there. But, uh, but yeah, that's how I feel about the fight. I think that Gaul, um, even for his lack of UFC experience, uh, I think the style matchup uh, here is uh, pretty good for him. Yeah, I agree with most of that. And, I mean, if the fight stays standing, I mean, maybe Morono can justify minus 200. The guy does have good volume. He is um, probably the better overall striker. But Gaul is just steadily improving everywhere. We saw him drop some, uh, drop some hands on Jordan Williams and 
get a knockdown there. So I think the Gaul has kind of gone from, you know, overrated to underrated in the past few fights. Um, like as he said, after that initial run of his where he was finishing people, people thought that he was a little bit better than he was. He got humbled in a few losses. And I think he's, you know, making a better account of himself as each fight goes on. Like the parody fight I thought was a slight improvement. Probably his all-time best versus Jordan Williams. So uh, plus 200, I just think is off. Uh, like Ozzy was saying, there's no need to over overthink it. It's a value bet. I think that this line should be maybe like more minus 170 plus 150. And if Gall comes in with the right game plan to, to wrestle heavy, to shoot a lot of takedowns, I mean, he could look like the, the favorite. He could look minus 200 over Morono here if he comes in with the right wrestling heavy game plan. So I like Gall here as well. Um, you know, uh, I, I hate to give Ozzy more and more credit, but that what he said about uh, Gall getting the rear naked choke. So many guys get the back and they kind of just hold it there. I mean, you actually saw him, you know, lifting up the chin, you know, ripping those arms under. And he, I mean, he took that rear naked choke uh, from Williams. And it just shows how high level he is with the submission grappling. So uh, Gall's a really good grappler. And if he gets on top of here, he could look the favorite. So I like Gall for, you know, probably the same half unit, three quarter of a unit bet here. Um, that's going to move us along to next fight on the main card. Getting back to the topology here. We got uh, my boy, Brennan Allen taking on Chris Curtis, uh, middleweight division here, short notice matchup for Chris Curtis betting line is Brendan Allen minus three fifty. Chris Curtis plus two eighty five. pretty much the same line that Phil Hawes was in his last fight. And I know Chris Curtis won that fight. I know Ozzy's probably going to brag about like winning some money on Curtis, but I'll, let me say, let me tell you this right now. Chris Curtis looked every bit of plus two eighty five in that fight. Um, before, you know, Phil Hall's chin just completely died out on him. Um, you know, I just think that Curtis, isn't really meant for this 185 pound weight class. I think that he's, you know, his frame is much more suited for 170 and he just gives up a lot of speed at this weight class. Brendan Allen has been looking better and better every fight. His striking has been looking rapidly improving. Um, you know, Puna Soriano, a lot of people thought that he was going to be bombing away on, uh, on Allen and he was going to be the one knocking Allen out. But, and people were thinking that Allen was going to have to grapple to win. Allen said, nah, I'll keep this standing and I'll, I'll strike Puna the entire time. So Brendan Allen, just making huge improvements right now we know that he's a good grappler we saw him submit guys uh finish guys on the floor tom Brees, kevin holland and i just think that brennan allen should be kind of should be able to do whatever he wants if he wants to outstrike curtis he'll do so if he wants to take him down and finish him he'll do so so i think allen will justify this minus 350 and win any way he wants yeah i i love this fight um you know brennan allen has fought in his last few fights like all of them have been versus southpaws which i think carrying that uh, apart from sean strickland which i think carrying that into this fight would will be of benefit from him for him but it's a big difference here from fighting a guy uh kyle Dawkins nine nine fights uh carl roberson 12 fights uh puna lani soriano eight fights chris curtis 35 fights even though a lot of those fights took place at welterweight, um, outside of the UFC, all those things, you know, people definitely discounted him a lot in that Phil Hawes fight, and he was able. He's just a cerebral fighter. He knows what the best the best aspects of his game are, and he knows that uh, you know what what the other guy is bringing in. He knows that he he knew that uh, Phil Hawes early on is pretty strong, is gonna be coming out uh, you know, with, with volume and you know all that. But he knew that uh, Phil Hawes has a weak chin and was able to find that uh, chin with his left hand. So that was that will always be live in a Chris Curtis fight because he has tons of 
power in that left hand. And I do think that, I mean, Brendan Allen, a little overrated overall. Um, you know, I think he is solid everywhere. I was on him against Puna, uh, against Puna um, at that plus number. But I think here at that minus 350 number, you know, I think uh, the Chalk Boys will for sure put him in the parlays. That's going to be, you know, maybe a top one, like a, two, a top two teamer uh, uh, for, for Allen here. But the thing is... Uh, Puna just doesn't know how to counter anything. Like Allen was just, you know, sniping at him with right body kicks and uh and staying away from his left hand. Curtis knows how to line up the left hand, knows how is able to use his right hand uh and 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 attack from that side. So I think this will be a, a somewhat close fight. The reach is very very close. Um I think that Curtis has a pretty good gas overall. Um and I think that in the grappling realm if if Allen is looking to get these takedowns, a lot of times like you saw in that Kevin Holland fight, he's a little bit loose overall. Like I think a guy like Chris Curtis who is smaller is actually uh, poses more difficulty for for some of these grapplers like Allen who are kind of and I know cuz I was like a, I feel like I was like a grappler similar to Allen I always felt these like small compact short guys who have explosive hips could turn out of stuff um were more difficult to to handle in uh, certain instances and I do feel that Allen's gas sometimes in like he does not have s some of this hustle I feel in some of these grappling uh exchanges I thought that Kyle Dawkins uh should have won that fight if he if he got like some better positions overall uh and like I said in that Kevin Holland fight they were scrambling around a lot so I I'm definitely going to take a shot at Chris Curtis here. Um, I think just he he's just able to to find the strikes that uh, favor him uh, way more. I don't think that Allen, if this does stay on the feet, would will justify that price at all. And I think that his uh, his takedowns would have to come from more clinch scenarios than you know he does. He's not really a single double leg blast you know blast double kind of guy. Um, you know, obviously he got that heel hook over uh, Carl Roberson when Roberson himself went for a for a submission there. So I think. This this will definitely be a closer fight, and I'm going to go back to the strategy I used in the last Chris Curtis fight, which was bet Chris Curtis and then hedge a little bit with, like, goes the distance or, you know, the over has been getting juiced in here. It was minus, it was one and a half. It was minus, like, 180, 185. Now it's up over minus 200 which I'm not as enthused about, but I really don't see, I don't think that Allen's catching a knockout on Chris Curtis. He's got a really good chin. And I think that he's able to like shell up and move his head around uh, a pretty, a pretty good amount. And I don't think that Brendan Allen has like that much of a killer instinct overall. I know he has a lot of finishes, but like, I thought that he could have put it on Puna a lot more. And I think he was a little scared by the power and I don't think he's submitting Chris Curtis. So um, I actually favor this fight to go the distance. Um, but Chris Curtis put that up in flames last time. So I, I got to have something on him to, to not lose if if uh, he knocks Brendan Allen out. But Brendan Allen's got a solid chin. But uh, yeah, so I like Curtis here. Close to plus 300, 25%. Like you're giving the guy almost no chance to win a, the fight by decision. Uh, and I just don't see that because Allen himself, uh, I think he he gets over his skis a little bit sometimes and puts him, he could put himself in a little bit of uh, bad scenarios where Curtis could uh, land significant uh, offense. I think you're giving uh, you're giving Curtis way too much credit. Still. Curtis, uh, you hate Curtis. You hate Curtis. He's he's no good. He's no good. Um, and uh, you know, talking about his defensive defensive head movement when Phil Halls was looking like friggin' really? Ray Robinson. He wasn't landing anything very clean. I mean, in the last in Chris Curtis's career, in the last five years, he's had like. 15, 10 fights. He's only lost to Ray Cooper 
and Magomed Maga. I can't even finish the, the Karimov, last. Yeah, Magomed he got uh, he got severely out grappled by both those welterweights. He got That's taken it. down, mounted by. Now he's uh, not Ray cutting any more weight. He's not cutting any more weight. He's down, better at one eighty five. He shouldn't down go to one seventy. That's ridiculous. That's he ridiculous. should not go he's, to one seventy. He's the most. Slow, you think that hittable. you think that Brendan Allen's a better wrestler than Magomed Magomed Karimov or whatever? His he's name? a better no. fighter. He's an he's a better fighter. Oh, dude, no, he's not. Karamov sucks, bro. That 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 bull's ter- you're a hater. Bull's you, you're a UFC stand. Uh, no, I mean I, I like Ray Cooper, right? I'm a I like Ray Cooper, and he he put a beating right. on that man. Um, yeah. So Allen knockout plus nine hundred on Fanduel. I think that's worth the stab. That's uh, yeah. Minus I don't even think Curtis has ever been knocked out. Brendan Allen's a guy. Sure, he is. Brendan Allen can do whatever he wants to this guy. He'll he'll just he could even my- knock out Puna, whose Puna was just he like he he's. Freaking, he's looking for a third lung in that fight, and you can't even knock him out. Hey, 30-27 them. Uh, maybe 30-26, honestly. Hey, I made like three grand on that fight. You don't got to tell me twice. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're in agreement. Brendan Allen justifies minus 350. Moving on, oh, next fight, lightweight division. We have Leonardo Santos, the 42-year-old at minus 190. Take on Clay Guida, plus 165, who's 40, I think. It's probably the oldest lightweight fight ever. Both these guys over 40 years old. Um, I started the last one, so you can kick this one off. I don't give a shit about this fight. Um, Clay Guida's super grimy, grimy, super grindy. This fight could look like the Bagatoman fight, Bagatavov, whatever. Or it could look a little bit like the CB Ray fight where um, Clay Guida's trying to come in and uh, they're playing like hopscot or uh, double dutch a little bit. Both of them kind of like hopping around. And then uh, uh, Santos like puts the right hand on his chin. But Santos just not active enough. Like I've got a bad read on Clay Guida fights. Like I was on him against Michael Johnson. But overall, like the things that he does in there, not the most high IQ he gets himself submitted in like in grappling fights and in in MMA fights uh, like way too often. Um, I'm not gonna blame anybody for you know liking Santos either because obviously Santos has good car, uh, not good cardio, uh, has good great jujitsu, um, and has some power on the feet overall. Um, so I think he should be able to um like pick at Clay Guida and then come in with the power strikes when he wants to. But I can't lay the juice on him. I probably can't get behind Clay Guida. You'll probably have an opportunity to get on Clay Guida live. So I'm not really interested in betting him uh, pre-fight because he's just going to do what Clay Guida does. Um, so, yeah, I don't got that much on that fight, man. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty pretty boring fight. I mean, there's a good chance this fight just takes place like entirely against the cage. Like Guida's going to take him down, Santos defends, and they end up stalled against the cage for the entire time. I mean, that's what happened in Santos versus Dawson, Santos versus Bogotov, Guida versus uh, Bobby Green. I mean... Guido shoots takedowns. He, if he doesn't get them, he'll just push you against the cage and hold you there forever. Um, and Santos can defend takedowns all day. He just doesn't do good at, at getting off the cage, at breaking the clinch, at having the footwork to avoid getting pushed against the cage in the first place. So, I mean, Santos is the better striker, but Guida is going to be coming forward, throwing volume, and I just see an activity difference between these guys. Guida is going to be shooting takedowns and coming forward and throwing strikes. And Santos just has a more conservative fighting style. And I just don't trust Santos at minus 190. Um, you know, he's so late into his career. He has only justified, you know, minus 190, you know, 
one time. I mean, even the Bogotov fight, I think he was the same price, minus 190. And I just felt that fight was it was so much closer than it had to be. I felt Santos had so much more skill, but but Bogotov was pushing him against the fence and just stalling out there for such long periods of time. I mean, I really think that Guida could win a decision here by just cage pushing and being the more active, aggressive guy and stealing these close rounds. And um, a, a but I like for this fight, one of Ozzy's favorite bets fight ends by split decision at plus 380. Uh, I think that's pretty good. I do think this one's going the, the to the judges, and I think it's just going to be a coin flip, grindy, cage pushy decision. So don't bet on this one. Maybe we did by decision if you, if you want to make a bet. But uh, that's going to take us along to the next fight, which is in the light heavyweight division. We have Jimmy Crute. As the minus one sixty two favorite, Jamal Hill plus one forty two. Um, I think it's a pretty easy fight to read, in my opinion. Um, I mean, Jamal Hill was taken down several times by Darko Stosic. He made that that idiotic move of putting his hand on the mat versus Paul Craig. I just think that this guy isn't really meant for wrestling. Doesn't have the best grappling mind. Uh, I mean, he's going to have the striking advantage on Crute. I mean, he's a long southpaw, pumps out a lot of volume, and he's going to outstrike Crute if the fight stays in the feet for more than 60 seconds at a time. But Crute just shoots a high amount of takedowns. He's super aggressive. I just think the crew's going to take a take him for a ride in round one take him down possibly even submit him in the first round um and i just think the crew's going to find a submission here in the first or second round and i just don't trust the takedown defensive hill if you like hill i would probably take him by knockout or maybe look to live at him because i'm i'm almost positive that he's getting taken down in round one here so i'll take crew by sub uh it's pl- it was plus 380 earlier in the week on FanDuel. not sure if that line is still out there i doubt it uh, down to plus 300 still think that's value so uh, what do you yeah want? so i mean i was kind of like i mean looking at crew like he almost got dropped like a few times by anthony smith's jab a no effort to move his head off of it uh first leg kick he ate he was his leg was done um trains with jake matthews don't love that uh but the thing with and i was leaning jamal hill because i do think he has some you know he's got good straight shots um, you know, he mixes it up pretty well. He moves uh on angles uh decent decently. Seeing him this week, he was saying he had like a foot injury during camp. He said like camp was tough and all that, and that definitely cooled my jets on that. Um, yeah, so crew he's got decent takedowns. It's not great takedowns. Like the only times he re- he's really shot for takedowns were versus uh Mikal, which he had to do like eight mat returns and take him and keep taking him down. Uh, and then after his leg was done, he he took down Anthony Smith a few times. Uh, but obviously, Anthony Smith has no takedown defense. Um, so I think this is going to be a close fight, like a closer fight than a lot of people, um, you know, expect. I do expect. Um, I I think it's going to be the uh, mullet uh, parlay this week. It's going to be Brendan Allen, Jimmy Crew back to back right there. Um, that probably gives you like evenish odds. Uh, so I think that's that's going to be what a lot of guys are on. Obviously, I'm. And it's gonna win. I might not be the smartest bet, but it's gonna win. You know? Obviously, I I will not be one of those uh, guys. Um, no judgment being passed. I'm. Uh, I mean, a little bit, but no judgment <laughs> being passed. But uh, but but yeah, I think that'll be a main parlay. But I do think this is a closer fight than people are giving it credit for because overall, crew, you I've never seen him really take people down outside of the first round. When have that? When has that happened? Maybe Craig crickets. Craig, uh, Paul Craig, come on. Paul Craig wants to, he pulled guard against Jamal Hill. That's all he wants to do. So, you know, you don't really know what Jimmy Crew looks like in later fights 
if their dog fights where they're, you know, striking and exchanging. So if Jamal Hill could get his fight, I think that, you know, I think that basically what I, what I, how I feel about it is I'll look to live bet Jamal Hill because if Jimmy crew is, uh, on his script, he should be wrestling early on. And if he's not wrestling early on, I don't, I don't depend on him to get takedowns later in the fight. So I think later the fight goes, it's better for Jamal Hill. Um, and yeah, that's how I'm going to play it. I was thinking about betting Jamal Hill. I know some people, you know, that, that, that sent that line down. I thought that we were going to trend towards uh plus 200, but these Neanderthals, they want to take plus 160 and, you know, send it down and tip it to a few people and all that. So, you know, it'll let the parlay boys get in on that and, uh, and we'll see what happens. But, you know, I think this line should climb up. I don't blame anybody for taking crew early because I do think he'll have success early on. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be on the sidelines until, uh, until I get a live line on uh, Jamal Hill, potentially. All right, so we are 13 fights down. We've had some good fights, some some interesting matchups, but we're getting into some real fights now. Co-main event time. We got Rafael Fiziev as the minus 130 favorite. We got Brad Riddell coming back, plus 110. Um, go ahead and give me your thoughts on this lightweight matchup. Incredible, incredible matchup. Doesn't get better than this. We're big fans of both these guys, but a bigger, fan of one, a bigger fan of one of them. I love it. I love it. Okay, I love it. So, I mean, you know, this is a great fight between two guys that have shown little, like exactly who they are and, you know, potentially how the fight could play out um, in two different ways, right? Rafael Fiziev has shown in early on, he starts off uh, very well and fades a little bit late. Brad Riddell, complete opposite. Maybe has a little bit of a slower first round and then just uh, grows as the fight goes on. I think I've bet on Brad Riddell in almost all of his fights, was all over him in his last one. And I think he showed there the attributes that proved that he is a top borderline top 10 guy i'm not gonna say you know uh, stone cold top 10 guy but borderline top 10 guy and i just don't believe that fiziev is even a top 15 fighter you know that could be a hot take for some people but i just don't think this guy's a top 15 fighter um overall if you look at that bobby green fight you know a lot of the offense the best offense that rafael fiziev had was in that second round was where he you know uncorked a few punches and the thing is bobby green he's that kind of guy he's a he's the kind of guy he's not great like he'll let you throw punches at him he wants to dodge and you know roll with him and encounter you that's the kind of guy he is that's just what he wants to do and fiziev at no numerous points in the boxing especially He's like, what the hell? I cannot hit this guy uh, very cleanly. But I just don't value the striking of Fiziev as much as a lot of these other guys do. You know, he throws naked kicks uh, quite often. He did that against Bobby Green very often. But the thing is, Bobby Green is easy to kick him. He does because he doesn't return kicks. He doesn't counter the kicks very well. Um, and you know, most of those uh, strikes that he was throwing were like free kicks, where like Fiziev was like, I know this guy's not going to counter me. Fiz, uh, we talk about kickboxing backgrounds. Brad Riddell literally has double the amount of documented kickboxing fights that Rafael Fiziev has. He he is much better on a counter in, in, in the boxing. He has much cleaner hands. He has a much better chin. This guy's chin is unreal. And he's got real power in his hands. Um, you know, Alex White was taking punches from Fiziev. Like, Fiziev lost a, a, a third round to Alex White. And I just think that overall, when these guys come out and they're exchanging in the pocket, uh, Riddell is just much better in a war. He's much better in the pocket. 
uh, both blocking punches uh, and, and countering off of them, taking angles, uh, countering kicks, and is able to, to to land his offense in a more meaningful way. Although Fiziev, he does the flashy stuff. He does the lean backs on the kicks. He does some counters that are, are, are pretty good that, you know, and he'll shrink together some shots. But if you see in that, in that, in that Bobby Green fight, a lot of those strikes that he landed did not actually do that much to Bobby Green. They were like a lot for show. Now, obviously, the Moicano fight, he did very well in that to find the chin of Moicano. But Moicano was just putting himself out there too much for a guy that has no chin. The Mark Diacasey fight in the third round, it got a little bit closer there. But you saw, like, overall, as Rafael Fiziev was countering, throwing these Muay Thai, you know, body kicks at uh, Diacasey, it was it was discouraging to Mark Diacasey. Is not going to be discouraging to Brad Riddell. Brad Riddell is a tested, proven guy. He knows Rafael Fiziev in and out. He knows his strategy. He knows the, the weaknesses that he has. And he is just... Train together a lot. Train together a lot. He's just a much more cerebral fighter. He knows how to attack you, how to find the, the shots that are going to make a difference in a fight later on. I am very confident in the Brad Riddell side. One of my, like, just like a fight where I think that there's, it's just a lot of hype on the side of Rafael Fiziev. You know, people loving, oh man, he had a, a very exciting fight last time. Oh, he's like such a flashy striker. Oh, he's like training at, you know, uh, Sanford MMA. He's doing all this stuff. Cleaner striker. I think he's better in literally every facet of MMA. Cleaner striker, better wrestler, better jujitsu, better cardio, better chin, all those things. Um, so maybe you know, not I, chin. Think chin. But yeah. But I think that the the bad thing is sometimes he starts a little slow. So I love Brad Riddell in this spot. I think that he will be able to land on Fiziev. I do think that he will be able to stay safe on the comeback, and I think that he's going to win this fight. All right, so uh, yeah, I agree with most of what uh, Ozzy said. Hopefully, I won't I won't spend too long on it because I don't want to, you know, just echo what he said. But um, you know, I do think that Fiziev is, is the faster fighter. He might be the better athlete. He might have the better kicks by themselves. But when you're talking about, you know, adapting as the fight goes, it's a 15 minute fight. You got to be able to not only win the first round, you have to be able to make reads and adapt as the fight goes on. And Fiziev is a fast starter who comes out strong, who typically wins the first round, maybe the first two rounds. But then by round three, he kind of has done the same thing over and over again. He hasn't made too many attritional reads. His cardio slows down a little bit, and then he takes round three off at sometimes. But Riddell is the opposite. Ozzy did uh, kind of get into this earlier. He takes round one slow. He makes some reads, and then by rounds two and three, he's really tuning it up on you. And in addition to Fizia typically slowing down in his previous fights, he's now facing Brad Riddell, who is, you know, a terrific body puncher. I mean, this guy goes with a straight right hand of the body as a really underrated punch in MMA. I mean, he changes level so well. Um, you know, he he dips under he was dipping underneath Drew Dober's hooks and just ripping him to the body with body shots there. And that's gonna be, you know, taking out the gas tank of Fiziev here. And Unlike Bobby Green, who kind of just eats the kicks on the arms and keeps coming forward, um, Brad Riddell is going to be a little bit better prepared to deal with those kicks, to maybe check some of those kicks, to be able to fire back and not let Fiziev get off so many you know free open body kicks. Um, but even in that fight where Fiziev was landing those free body kicks, he still made that fight extremely close. Um, Rewatching that fight, I'm, I'm telling you, that fight comes down to one big moment in round two where where Fiziev cracks uh, green with like a few punch combination. The crowd goes crazy, but 
it really didn't hurt green as much as as the crowd made it out to be And that round two extremely close without that one moment bobby green could have won that and we all know bobby green won round three so you know scumbag ass muay thai judge you muay thai guys are fucking corrupt i tell you they wrote them, that guy, the, the referee gave round three to Bobby Green, and instead of admitting he was wrong, he wrote a three-paragraph essay on like why he thought he won, and we're like, dude, it's it's not really defensible. <laughs> it's not, not not really looking to hear arguments of why you scored the fight wrong. But um, yeah, so uh, one other thing here is that Riddell has hit takedowns in all four of his UFC fights. The guy is not a wrestler, but he's you know always involved in these high high amplitude striking fights and his opponents shoot takedowns on him he defends and sometimes he hits his own takedowns he hit five takedowns on drew dober so if these rounds are close they're back and forth high high activity rounds and you might be seeing brad riddell look to hit a takedown here to secure that late 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 round excuse me um so i wonder if frank hickman will be in his corner uh frank hickman uh no i don't think he probably will be there's bro Um, he was in he was in loma's corner look what happened to her True, true, but I, uh, yeah, you know, but that, whatever, whatever. Why are you even bringing old shit up? Um, why you got to do my girl Loma like that? But what <laughs> else? Whatever. So, uh, Riddell for multiple units. You know, that's as simple as it gets. Uh, I bet some at plus one hundred five. It seems like he's going back to plus one ten. Um, and you know, if you're listening here and you're saying, "Oh man, this Aussie guy, he's so good at betting. He's so confident in Brad Riddell, putting all the monies on Brad Riddell." I'm advising you, just wait a little bit. Wait, wait till Saturday afternoon or something. I've not, I've, I've not bet it yet because See? I knew, I knew that these guys were gonna push it. I know some guys, you know, even money minus 105, plus 105. I was like, nah, hype machine, UFC machine. We're waiting, so I'm waiting. Yeah, I mean, I really do think Riddell's chances here are. 57% maybe. I mean, Fiziev's going to need, uh, you know, an incredible round one and two of high output striking, and he's going to have to, you know, just put on his career best performance. But this is an amazing matchup. Two A-plus level strikers, elite strikers. This is such a fun fight, and uh, we're both really looking forward to it, and we'll both be on Bradley here. And that's going to take us to the main event. Talk about back-to-back co-main event, main events on a fight night. This is as good as it gets. Two incredible fights. We have in the Bantamweight division, Rob Font, the minus 139 favorite. Jose Aldo, the greatest fighter ever, coming back at plus 119 on the comeback. And, you know, first off, we got to say, I'm sorry, Jose Aldo. Ozzy and I are sorry. We doubted you last fight. We, we picked Pedro Munoz. You can go back and listen to 10 minutes of us reasoning why it was all wrong. So we're sorry, Jose Aldo. We shouldn't have doubted you. I did um, take, we did, I did take plus 116. It closed minus 110. So, uh, sure. But, yeah. But I'm sorry, King of Rio. I am, yeah. I apologize. Deepest apologies. True, true. And, you know, I've gained, you know, that fight, he just looks so fucking good. I mean, that, that, that fight proved why this guy is, you know, the greatest fighter ever. Even if you don't believe that necessarily, you got to respect him as top 10, top five ever because he's late into his career at a new weight class and he's fighting, you know, still elite level fighters, Pedro Munoz, um, my boy Marlon Vera. I mean, and he's beating these guys and he's looking, you know, near in his prime as he's doing so after all the wars after all the high level experience i mean what aldo is continuing to do is just incredible so 
right off the bat, you got to give your respect to Aldo, and and you got to say that he's the underdog here. So Rob Font has been on a tear lately; has been looking, you know, incredible. Uh, last guy to beat Sergio Pettis, who fights tomorrow night, who has been looking incredible of his own right. Um, he had a tough fight against Ricky Simone. His takedown defense looked better there. Grinded out a tough victory, uh, knocked out Marlon Marais, and then put a clinic on Cody Garbrandt over five rounds. So the guy has been, you know, getting some really high marquee matchups, but. Um, I don't think those matchups are too, you know, pertinent to the Aldo fight. I guess maybe the Pettis one would be the closest fight because, you know, Marais is shot. He tried to wrestle. It failed. He got knocked out instantly. Uh, Garbrandt doesn't really know what he's doing with himself. And um, Ricky Simone, just a completely different matchup than Jose Aldo. So I think this is a lot different fight for Font than he's used to. It might be kind of used to his Munoz fight. And we do know that Munoz uh, did, I think, did he knock out or finish or, or submit a font in round two or something? I think he, I think he guillotined him, but, uh, rocked but he, him and then finished. Him. Yeah. So, but you saw what a heavy calf kicker, uh, a relentless puncher like Munoz could do to font. That was a few years ago, but you got to think that Aldo is going to be one and doing the same thing. And I'm, I'm going to try to just keep this brief. And I just think that, Aldo is the better striker. He's the more experienced fighter by far. He hasn't really taken too many steps back, even though he is aging, even though he is at this new weight class, he looks as sharp as ever. And the only real legitimate concern around Aldo is his cardio, because in the one five round fight at 135, he did slow down significantly in rounds four and five, but that's against Peter Jan, the number one bantamweight in the world, who is a great attritional fighter. Those first three rounds were extremely close. Aldo one round two had a close round three. So, I don't think it's too relevant that he slowed down in the Peter Yan fight. I think that um, you do have some reason to, to to doubt his cardio. It's been a while since Aldo's gone the full five, right? But but also, has Aldo ever lost a five-round decision? Fuck no, right? He lost a three-round decision to, to Volkanovski, but he has never been beaten uh, over five rounds. I don't know if he's ever... Maybe the worst he's ever done is 48-47, maybe over Edgar the first time, but he typically is winning four or five rounds in all the five-round fights. He is probably one of the best five-round fighters of all time, and I'm not ready to write him off over you know one concerning cardio performance against Peter Yan. I still think that Aldo has what it takes to win three out of five rounds here, and it's probably going to be rounds one and two, maybe even the first three rounds. Font may come back a little bit in the later half of the fight, but... I just trust Aldo to be the sharper, smarter fighter. Um, don't have any, you know, high-level striking analysis here. Like, you know, Pedro or Aldo is going to be, you know, slipping the jab and landing the outside leg kick and following up with the left hook to the body. I don't feel the need to get that, you know, detail with it. I just think that I'm trusting Aldo uh, to win three out of five rounds. I think he's got enough left in the tank. And... I think he's going to win a 48-47 decision here. So, incredible fight. Big fan of Rob Font. Cash on him as a dog in his last fight. But it's a whole different matchup. Uh, you know, much better striker than Garbrandt and, and Marias. And I think that Font's just going to be tested in a way that he hasn't been probably since the first uh, Munoz fight. So, uh, passing it over to you here. What are you thinking about this high-level fight? Yeah, I hate Rob Font. Um, you know, some, pe <laughs> some people tell you that Rob Font and Jose Aldo are the same guy. They probably they won't bet they won't bet on uh no they they'll tell you uh, Cody Garbrandt and uh, Jose Aldo are the same guy but they won't bet on Rob Font no way they'll do that um but I hate Rob Font I mean I think he's a complete fraud uh not sure how he's in even in this position uh if this is a three round fight I think it'd be super easy to to back Aldo um you know the, my biggest concern is if Aldo and Rob Font are just slinging one twos you know back and forth. Uh, I, I do think that probably be advantage Rob Font. You know, the, the thing with that Pedro Munoz fight is 
I did make fun of how uh, Pedro Munoz's uh, reach never changes, but unfortunately, uh, Aldo was smart enough that he was like, all right, I'm just going to stay right outside of the distance of Pedro Munoz where he could punch me, and his only offense will be leg kicks that I'll be able to defend, and then he was able to win the fight in that manner. But with Font, he has a little bit of a reach advantage, or at least better with that jab in the cross, uh, landing it. And I'm not sure him just, you know, being able to stand his ground is going to be as viable. Uh, so it, that is a little bit concerning for me. Um, but the thing is, I do think that Rob Font, he's got like, he still has that tall man, strange defense where, you know, although could potentially be able to pull back or stay at the edge of uh, maybe that jab and come over the top with the right hand. But I would say, I will say, although has not really, if I remember right, not really been a big like lead cross kind of guy where he's like putting you down or, or committing uh, super hard on the right cross. So I think he, I mean, I, it's not groundbreaking analysis that I'm going to give you. He needs to get on that leg, you know, chop that leg early and often, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see five to six leg kicks at minimum. Uh, in the first round uh, to, 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 to like tender that leg up of Font. But this fight could go in a number of different ways. Uh, Rob Font, terrible wrestler. I mean, you saw him going down super easily from Cody. Cody probably tired himself out a little bit doing that. But I will say Rob Font did show some jujitsu there. So I would be curious if these guys do have any kind of, you know, grappling overall. I do think that Rob Font has some better clinch striking than some of the guys that Aldo has uh, fought in the past. Uh, and, and he did go to the clinch a little bit with Marlon Vera. Uh, I mean, Varno Vera is good in the clinch, but I don't think he was looking to strike that often there. So I do think that uh, the clinch could potentially be a factor here. I, I mean, a lot of my guys that I, you know, a lot of my guys that I respect that bet, bet good deals of money are on uh, Aldo for, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So I'm respecting that, but, you know, I'm kind of, I'm like double Dutch in here. I'm not sure. If I'm gonna dabble, I'm gonna be feel bad if I do get involved and I mush it because of my main event record. But I mean, I just don't believe in Rob Font overall all that much. But this being a five round fight, I'm it's interesting to me. Five round fight, like a lot of the, the these fights, uh, is now favored to go the distance, uh, minus one thirty five for it to go uh, to the scorecards. Which is, I mean, if the, if a, a complete stand up affair with two guys that definitely have uh, power in their hands very interesting that it's set at that um so i don't know if it's a trap like what it is like are they daring you to take the under like not doesn't go the distance but i feel that although should you know go to the body should try to tender up that leg and then font overall i, I just think he gives too much space like i don't think he's gonna pressure although all that much um it's a very very good fight i just i hate rob font man i mean i think it's because he's from new england it, that definitely plays a part in it i just hate everything new england uh boston all those things uh so you know i'm gonna pick aldo here i hope that he gets it done you know connects with rob font's chin but i mean rob font is good at finding the chin of his opponents he is good at finding good shots and he is good at, at filling in the in-between uh points in, in 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 the fight where the other guy put a lot of offense on him and then he comes back uh, i remember very vividly that ricky simone fight where ricky simone had some offense and or like takedowns and stuff like that and rob pops up and he's on you right away he's like landing shots throwing punches same thing you saw in marlon marais fight you saw it in the cody garbrandt fight so i think do that could you, happen do you think that all those gonna well. take him down 
I would not be surprised at Aldo trying to take him down at some point, you know, uh, but I think if he does make an effort, it is probably a bad sign. And I don't think that he's going to be able to control Rob Font that much uh, there. So I, I think it, it, if you see that happen, in my opinion, it's probably a sign to live bet Rob Font. Yeah. Uh, I like Font. I like Font. So you're, I think you're giving a little too much shit, but uh, I understand it from a New Yorker. And, um, you know, we're, we'll be both back in Aldo here. So for uh, the parlay, the two teamer, what are we doing here? You go first. Uh, I got Bradley. Bradley Quake. So obviously, I endorse. I heavily endorse uh, Brad Riddell as well. I'm gonna take. Um, okay, give me Chris Gritzmacher. I mean, Claudio Plus is I a like fraud. It. Claudio Plus is a fraud. So we got Claudio Plus and Brad Riddell. That that should be like a three to one uh, payout, more or less. Which uh, which is like the that's the range I like on my parlays. If it's a two teamer, so yeah, it's plus two ninety three on Bet Online right now. Elite um, math. That's public school math right there, guys. Uh, no, I just did it on uh, joking. It's it on... a joke. Good, good. Uh, all right, so uh, if you want some more uh, technical analysis on the Jose Aldo fight and the the Brad Riddell fight, I recommend my buddy Sriram. Look up uh, you know the fight site on YouTube um, or look him up on Twitter. He'll give you some better detailed analysis of that fight. And he'll give you a the... bet probably, but he'll give you some analysis. That's true. He might. He might. Um, and. Last but not least, this week marks the four-year anniversary of starting the Martian MMA podcast. I started before UFC 218, so been going four years strong. Every single UFC event since then, over 160 UFC events in a row, over 160 podcasts. And, uh, you know, we started from some stupid podcast developing into a betting podcast. And now we got my boy Ozzy on here uh, and we're doing big numbers. Last week's episode, I think, was the most viewed episode ever. So I just want to give a shout out to everyone who's been listening over the past few years and everyone who's been tuning in the past few weeks to do these great numbers. And I just want to thank you all for listening. And uh, we're going to be seeing you all next week before the big UFC 269 pay-per-view. Any closing thoughts, Ozzy? If you want some Bellator picks, I like Moda, I like Moret, I like the Jesus, the Brazilian one, uh, Montavlo, uh, over in the Kai Kamaka fight, Josh Hill. It's a full card. So we got more too. It's a full card for Bell- Bellator. Emmanuel Sanchez, I love the I love the Bellator card. The OG okay. over. You can DM Ozzy. All uh, that. And the, the price is $99.99 for all his, of that. His I gave full, it to uh, you. Right there you go. I gave it to you. All right. There's some uh, some closing. Uh, what are you? What about Kyoji or Pettis? I'll go Pettis. Uh, that's a tough fight for me. I lean over, even though it's very juiced. Um, I do think that Pettis is probably a little bit underrated here, but I mean, I think that Kyoji potentially can mix up some uh, some grappling here. That, that's um, a Gugabe answer. I need a uh, I need a, a pick gun your head pick. Under Kyoji. my head, I will pick uh, Kyoji. Nice, nice. All right, we got a lot of good fights this weekend, like twelve or thirteen or twelve Belter fights, fifteen UFC fights. Thank you all for listening. It's been a little over an hour and a half, but thank you all for tuning in, George Arias. <laughs> Hope you all win some money this weekend. There you go. There's nine Bellator bets from Ozzy there in the last uh, 60 seconds. So make sure you rewind and bet them all. Um, We'll see you all next week. All right. Peace out. Later.